welcome back to the program it is me todd and this is andy uh and we are the co-hosts of the writer's block of course um it is your only destination for anything writers related um or writing related in particular um you can find us on youtube uh spotify other places that i can't remember because i have terrible memory um Follow us on Twitter, Twitter. Both individually and on our new uh, Twitter thing. Would you like to, uh, what, is, what is the Twitter uh, at handle? It's called the writers B-L-O-1 and then the letter or the number 10 because it you couldn't just use the writer's block. <laughs> they had to switch it. Oof. Well, you can find us there, folks. And uh, don't forget to follow us on our other Twitter accounts uh, where we can also, you know, give you more information about not just this uh, awesome podcast, but our own uh, works, uh, which are on our websites and so forth and all that stuff. So anyways, getting back to business. Uh, last week, uh, we were talking about self-publishing. We were talking about a lot of things, but we kind of one of the things we talked about was self-publishing and I wanted to uh, talk a little bit more about one uh, important component of self-publishing and that is also, uh, and that is self-marketing. Um, so if you go the route of Amazon's uh, Kindle direct publishing uh, software, uh, you, you have to reach out to those potential customers on your own. And you can obviously, you could buy uh, search engine optimizations. You can pay people to market your book. But uh, that those decisions are in your hands. Like Amazon itself won't uh, publish. They won't uh, publicize your book. They won't like, you know, they won't throw ads up for it. These are all things that you have to do yourself. So it's important to know that if you go that route, it's important to have a strong social media, uh, mess, uh, a strong social media um, presence. Presence. Yeah, and then also uh, connections. Uh, networking is a it would be a big help, not just locally, but, you know, across, not just the country, but across the world, there are plenty of independent authors all across uh, earth. So, you know, follow each other and uh, retweet each other's work and that'll slowly, but surely you can get your stuff out. Uh, but it, you know, it'll, it'll take some time, but it does take a lot of, uh, you know, self-marketing. Like, so that's just for like self-publishing on KDP, but when you're, Working when you're doing your your work on Wix, your uh, when you publish your short stories, what kind of process do you use to? So, so the way I do out? it is, well, after I publish it, I put, I have the link in my, um, my Instagram account and my Twitter, so, like, and then I make an Instagram story, so people can only see it for like 24 hours that I, you know, posted a new you know, um, story on my website and then they have to go to my profile to click on the link to get to that story. They don't like the link doesn't unfortunately like work by clicking on the, the little post that I have. And then I put it on, I make a post on Facebook with the link and then LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn too. I do the same thing with, um, and then put the link on there. But if people like say, miss the 24 hour Instagram 
story or the the post from Facebook or LinkedIn, you can go to my profile and click on it there. But I'm not um, the best at self-promoting because I feel like I'm bothering people, to be honest with you, by constantly promoting my work. Like, oh, here it is, here it is, here it is. But people say, I've asked others and I'm like, does this, would it get annoying if it's like once or twice a week? And they're like, no, because you're not throwing it down or, you know, shoving it down our throats. It's, you know, you're trying to help yourself out. Like it would be, if it was every day for like every hour, then it would be different. But I will say uh, just a little head on to that note. Uh, when I initially started doing my self-publishing and self-marketing, I followed a whole bunch of independent authors and most of them followed me back. But um, there are some who will just will post multiple times a day. And those people, like my feed would just be you know, something I'm interested in, something I'm interested in, and then 10 or so tweets of them self-promoting. And you know, I, I get it, but... I ended up unfollowing because, you know, or I think you can also mute people, but it kind of defeats the purpose of uh, networking in a way. And I, that's just a personal thing. I mean, cause like my, my Twitter is, it's my self publish it's my self marketing uh, uh, structure, but it's also like my own personal usage. Like I use it to, for other things like, you know, following what's going on in the news or whatever. So um, well, that's just me, but. Yeah. No, I have someone who like self promotes their books like almost every single day. And sometimes they'll either like, I don't, you don't even know if it's like them or if it's spam, but they'll DM you on Twitter and be like, Oh, click here and you can get a free audio or your free like Kindle link or whatever. Yeah, I feel and like, you're like, is it automated or is it, you know, actually somebody like even once a day probably isn't that bad. This particular person I'm talking about, it was like, this might sound hyperbolic, but it was almost 30 times a day. It would just be mass clusters of retweets. And I, I think it was all just, you know, because you can, I think you can schedule tweets to come out. And just, I think they would just do that every single day, just flood the feed. And um, it was just a bit much, but I mean, I, I can see doing it at least several times a week, especially if you have, if you have multiple projects you're putting out, like you know, every day of the week, you could promote a different story, you know, and kind of rotate through that as you get newer stories. Mm-hmm. but or, or you can just like i know the last time i did it more than once i did like the first day i published my new story and then i waited three days and then i re-promoted it again but then i made another post like right after like um showing all the different stories so people can go back and read those as well and that worked really well i haven't done that in probably almost a month now but i but it worked that one time. So it's like you, you question if you should just do like the whole website once or twice a week, or you should wait until you have a new story and then do both at the same time. Yeah. I guess it's, it's a good question because like the way that you do it, it sounds like you, you just put a, a post out whenever you've got new content and that might have, that might result in readers clicking on it more often because they know it's something new as opposed to just, uh, you know, uh, the same thing as, as that they've already read. Um, I think either one works though. If you could, I, I, like, I honestly, I'm terrible at self-marketing. I, I've, I think I've tweeted about my books a couple times, but I take a pretty big ale on that one, you know, <laughs> and it, you know, it's one of those things where it's a, it's a big responsibility that 
like it, if you want to see sales and if you want to see movement and traffic on your your stores, you have to do the, the effort. You have to put in the work. And now, usually by that point in the process, I kind of check out a little bit. Like I've already, like for me, like I know you write mostly short stories, but for me, like I've put out like I'll write you know this seventy thousand page book or the seventy thousand word book or this fifty thousand word book and. That is a process, and then the the marketing part is just as important. But I, you know, burn out by that point, or you know, whatever. But it makes sense why actual like authors have managers, or oh yeah, because you're burnt out. Because I even know like after writing my short story, it's only like maybe five page, five to ten pages, if I'm lucky. But I'm still like after the fact, I sit back. And I'm like, I don't want to promote this again people can yes. see it for 24 hours and then or you know for a little while and then that's it but i'm the same way it's like after that fact I'm like, i don't want to i'm bad at it yeah it's I, it's probably worth taking um marketing courses on like that uh, was skillshare or something like that you know just to have a have a better understanding of little like things that you can do that you know, little, little tiny things that might have a much larger impact than just tweeting out something or uh, posting out of some making a post about something. There's, there's so much more to it than just social media campaigns. Like there's uh, like the search engine optimizations. You can have um, your ads for your website popping up on Google searches and stuff like that. But that is a lot more work. <laughs> but, and, uh, and most of the time it costs actual yeah. money like i do the bare minimum so it's because it's free because i could have other people public fix my website and like help publish it and promote it more but it's going to cost you a monthly fee of like i don't even know oh uh, yeah like, no thank you yeah because everyone wants a cut you know <laughs> mm-hmm. but speaking of cuts uh let's talk about i guess perspectives what, is it, what do we want to talk about perspectives like first person third person whatever or uh epilogues and prologues let's talk about that okay prologue and epilogues and then just endings in general because it all ties in together yeah i mean it has nothing to do with cuts but i like to make that little breakaway but uh so do you write prologue so you're working on a novel right now and you wrote a prologue originally right yeah i still have it i'm still contemplating whether or not to publish it like on my website as like a way for get people excited about my novel if it ever you know appears in you know book format and but also like a way of like trying to see if it if it works or fits within my novel because some books the book i'm reading now just starts with a chapter mm-hmm. and then it, it's just chapter one and it was kind of like an epilogue i kind of explained what the main characters were like what happened to these two main characters and then chapter two was like back like in set in um set in present day so i it, you could do it that way too but that this is like the first prologue that i've ever really written i don't know if you've ever written one i know you kind of touched on it last week but mm-hmm. so I, for i don't actually have prologues or epilogues in any of my books i've um i've used them in the past for short stories that i wrote just on my own but uh traditionally I kind of like I, I think a lot of times my last the last chapter of my book really could be an epilogue because not not always but some of my books it 
the last chapter will take place sometime in the future and it shows uh sometimes it'll show the extent of the you know the climax of the book you know what uh ended up happening to certain characters or where are they now and um but not not always like my first book the one fairly human uh that one could have used an epilogue probably but it just right after the final chapter it just kind of cuts off it's more of a a cliffhanger actually but it I did, I did, I wrote a little tiny short story that sort of continued off of that, which in a way that's an epilogue, a really long epilogue, I guess. But yeah, I've never really used them though. Um, I just, I don't know how to fit them in properly. I feel like, because usually you can set up, like if you can set up the story or like what you could use a prologue as in the first chapter, then, you know, I guess my question would be like, do you really need one? But then the certain stories, like, like a crime story, I feel like you could use a prologue to set up the actual crime or the actual situation from a like third person perspective. And in that way it would work. Um, I think it's just the stuff that I write or the, the genres that I write generally don't, uh, they don't require a prologue or an epilogue and it, they just don't really fit in too well there. But And I've ever, I think I've only ever written one epilogue and it was in one of my short stories and it was, it, it was formatted as like a newspaper article. Mm-hmm. Like a head, like the title of the news, the, the article, and then it was like a four sentence like blip. It was like in the Tri County Blotter. That was like an old newspaper um, section from my ho- my hometown where you could go read who got arrested or whatnot or what was happening. And so that's what I kind of like formatted it as. But that's I've never written anything like that before. So I guess that now that I think about it, I my two recent books. The first chapter, technically, my first and last chapter, they're technically not styled as a prologue or an epilogue, or they're not, uh, it doesn't say it in the text, but they really are, now that I think about it. They're both journal entries. Like, uh, like the, the main character will write a journal entry that kind of expresses what's going on with them at the moment and kind of in their, their environment, their surroundings. And that will lead into the overall story. And then the very last chapter is a final journal entry where they, they talk about, you know, uh, to an extent, like the, the changes that have happened and where they are mentally, you know, the uh, the end of the journey, I guess you could say. I never, I mean, they're basically a prologue and epilogue, but I never actually, you know, it's just chapter one, chapter, you know, last chapter. Whatever, yeah. I used, I also used um, two, like, uh, page breaks to, like, in, indicate a different, section of the like my short story there was one where i used my uh main uh my uh novel characters i think it was my first my introduction to the novel care of the novel characters and i used page breaks to like uh figure out the different like what was going on in between so kind of like chapters but could you use page breaks like a page break before or in between or like the beginning of chapter one could you consider that a prologue too? Or would like that be considered a prologue if you start a chapter one? And then I always like to use like uh, paragraphs italicized if I'm going to do a page break to introduce something. And then I do three dots or a line and then I start my actual story. Sometimes yeah, too. And so then the same like... thing with the okay. an epilogue, I guess, the, the ending of the story. So the italicized part and then it would end 
right. So are you saying like like uh, chapter one, italicized prologue, dot 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 story starts, or the chapter actually? Yeah. Starts? So it'd be it would be chapter one. It's it, technically it would be chapter one start, yeah. but I'd have the italicized part, and then the page break, and then you're in present day. So yeah. I'm. I guess would you technically call that a prologue within in what yeah the chapter. Yeah, in a way it would be. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the proper term would be. I feel like I feel like it wouldn't be called a prologue, but it kind of serves the same purpose. If it's setting up the stage for what happens in that chapter, um, I, would, I would say so. It's basically because I've know, synonymous. I've had feedback before where they're like, maybe start use a prologue instead of you know a page break, or try to have a hook within the first chapter so you don't even need a page break or you know just start with the action and i was like well i tried all three of those ways and i felt for like my novel anyway the prologue helped the most because yeah. it was like two pages i think or yeah. a page and a half you're writing a uh, like a, a crime thriller right or like a detective yeah. novel yeah yeah if the so what i guess you don't have to like spoil anything, but the, what's the overall uh, gist of the prologue that you have? So Is the it... prologue introduces, uh, I guess, the murderer without naming, like, in his process of killing somebody. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then what happens after the fact, and then it um, goes into the first chapter. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I think I'm going to publish it on my website to see if to get mm. people interested. And it also, I think, is going to help me kickstart keep the community writing because people are going to be like, okay, this is either really good and I want to yeah. read more of it, or it sucks. <laughs> to start yeah. over. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I guess you could. Here's a question. Um, so you put, let's say, you put this prologue on. Uh, on your website and you know the next several months go by you write the whole novel but throughout the time we kind of change bits and pieces to where the the prologue is essentially uh maybe it's contradictory in some ways or it's not necessarily um fully correct what would you do i I guess like do you I would probably keep the pro fix what was wrong with it, but keep it and then just say, okay, here's the critiqued. Like I, this is just a, I don't want to say a rough draft because I try to make sure that everything is pretty spot on when I publish my work on my website. So it's like here, here's a, not the final cut, but a very raw, almost final cut of what I have written for my prologue when I publish, you know, when I just put that on my website and then when it, if it fits within my book the same way, then that's fine. And if not, then people will, so I guess, of, understand. I don't know. Kind of really. brings me to my, my next question of like, as you're writing, like, like generally, you know, I'm sure you've got a, a pretty detailed, maybe not detailed, but you have a pretty good idea of where you want your novel to go. And, yeah. you know, you have certain expectations. Now, if you, now along the way, like, are you, would you prefer to stick with that original, uh, with the original idea? Or as time goes by, do you, 
I guess, change uh, certain aspects of the story or certain characters, you know, or maybe add so in I, new characters? I know we kind of discussed this when we were mm. talking about how we outlined or if we used an outline to create our stories or whatever. Yeah. So I have a basic understanding of like I detail like I have a I don't have a detail but I have a sketch out of a of a crime scene like a separate crime going on but it revolves around the main one that's going like is happening like the murder and then it's kind of foggy like I I'm going to go where my my writing takes me and then I have but I'm going to make sure it like reverts back to the main focus which is the murder or yeah so you kind murders of have like... in this case and then i have i have a pre i have i know how it's going to end that's the sad part like i have the <laughs> beginning and then like how i could write the last chapter and how it's going to end it's the middle part that i mm-hmm. tend to struggle with which i feel like a lot of people do because they have like the start starting point and then they're like okay this is how i want it to finish now you have to quote unquote draw the map to get everybody there including yourself yeah yeah true yeah, I, uh, I guess like, I'm not super strict on how I, like when I, when I plan my stories, like I, I, I kind of come up with like, what in the time, like I come up with the best idea. And then as time goes on, if I can think of a better ending or maybe even a better starting point, then I'll kind of like rewire some things and try to try to make it work. But I had an, I had a thought, but I completely forgot it. Well, do you prefer having your endings just, uh, it just stops or do you prefer to have like, or with a cliffhanger or do you prefer to have meaning and that's it? No questions asked. This is how the story ends. I don't like, it's up to, Mm -hmm. it's like, that's it. Or it's up to interpretation. I think it depends on a couple things. Like uh, first, do I, do I plan on continuing? Do I plan on making a sequel? Um, and then second, uh, what's the genre? You know, would uh, would a cliffhanger uh, be of any utility to the story in that genre? And I guess I think I had a third thing, but I forgot that too. Um, <laughs> like for the fairly human book, I planned on uh, as I was writing it. I it was you know took me a long time to write it. But in during that time period, I thought of, I kept thinking of new sequel ideas and new areas to take the book. So by the time I finished it, like I I had solid plans to carry it on. And so while I left it as a cliffhanger, the idea was, you know, this story would continue directly from where I left off sometime soon. And um, it took me a while to follow up with that, but eventually I did. And but that was the only time I ever actually did it. I used a cliffhanger. My, with my other two books, I I tried to leave unhappy notes. Something something um, my dad talked to me about, um, not about writing, but just about stories in general. He he was telling me about how when he watches movies or watches TV shows, you know, he he always he doesn't like it when you know when the bad guy wins or when you know, the good people lose at the end of the story or the movie, you know, like he likes, you know, like a good episode of law and orders when the bad guys go to jail and the good guys get a cup of coffee and 
praise from the, the people, you know? And so that kind of got me thinking about like some stories, some stories absolutely have to be more realistic. And sometimes the bad guys do win, you know, and I'm, I'm never going to shy away from that, but certain stories where I feel like um, that would some stories where I feel like that kind of ending would be detrimental. Like I just won't, I won't do it. You know, like, like I'll just, if I think that a positive, more uplifting in will be better for the overall story in the genre that it's in, then I'll, I'll do it. I'll go for it. You know, like the, the last couple of books that I wrote, they, they have, you know, happy endings. They kind of have like, you know, uh, not so happy beginnings. And then over the course of the book, things get better. And, you know, there's just hardships. There's always that one point where everything seems like it's all going to fall apart. Then they bounce back and it's kind of, you know, more uplifting. Even the fairly human book I wrote, it didn't have a, a sad ending necessarily, but uh, there were definitely multiple parts in that book where the bad guys kind of, you know, they would kind of win because it's just, we live in that kind of world. And so I feel like to ignore reality sometimes is, is a disservice, but it always depends on the context of the story itself for me. I, I, I'm going to bounce off of that last point because I know I have a couple that story, short stories that aren't like happy running through flowers, you know, endings <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And I have people are like, why are these so sad? Some of these are so sad. I'm like, because reality it's not everything is not mm -hmm. sunshine and rainbows yeah i have one short story that's it's sad but the ending is uplifting it's not perfect it's not like oh you know we're gonna go you know catch the the leprechaun at the end of the <laughs> rainbow and get his gold or yeah. whatever but it's uplifting it's there's no there's up for interpretation like how it's gonna go after for the main character but then and I have others. They're like, "This is so sad. It's good, but why is it so sad?" <laughs> yeah, it's like it's especially now. Um, one thing I I thought about over the last two years since the um, the Great Plague, you know, washed across the planet, is you know how people like you know when there's so much like death and uh, there's a it, it's been a rough couple of years. So like I can understand some people not wanting to have. Um, you know, difficult stories or sad stories. They just want to escape to a world that's, you know, uh, you know, unicorns and rainbows and leprechauns. You know, I, I understand that, but I, I think I don't. I, I still think that having stories and books that portray, you know, bits of reality and stories that happen every day that might not be, you know, might have a sad ending, might have a might be a sad story, might maybe it has a happy ending, but like those, you know, real genuine stories still need to be made. I feel like, you know, like, like with their stories, I think I know the one you're talking about. And it's, you know, that's, that's especially like that story. Um, do you want to, you want to clarify what the story was or um, the one that's like uplifting? At well, the, the end? One, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. The one where it's about the, the little girl and finds a dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's that one. Yeah, so do you want me to, you want, to, want me to talk about it at all? Like the details I, of it? I, I mean, I, I could tell. You could talk about it. I could talk about it. it. Well, it'd be interesting to see your interpretation of it, actually. And then right. I could give my take if it's if you're spot on or not. All right. So it's been a while since I've read it. And my memory is not what it used to be. But my my memory of it is that it's this girl is you know, going through a tough time. Uh, obviously, 
depressed, you know, and uh, on what could seemingly be her last day or, you know, close to the last day on, on earth, she finds a dog that kind of lights up some kind of purpose in her that keeps her something that, that keep her going, I guess, to give her a purpose in life. And that, I don't think that's the general gist of it. It's, um, I mean, anything I, I missed? Anything I, I, mean, well, I, I mean, it's really short version of it too. Well, it, I mean, it's because it, it is short. I actually sat on that um, story idea for, I, I think all throughout college. Cause I, I just, some, one day I just thought about it because I was witnessing certain things and I, mm. that's how I am. Like when, sometimes when I people watch or I happen to be driving by somebody, I think of something like what's going on in their life. I'm like, okay, I could use this as a story. And then sometimes it's not always positive. So that, you know, one time actually I was home for the summer and I witnessed or just saw somebody walking down the street with a dog and i'm like okay you've gone you went to my high school and so i took that little portrayal like it could it's definitely completely off of what you know actually her the actual life of the person is but i took that and then said okay she's being bullied at school all she only likes to do is read the only person that is really nice to her and is like a parental figure is the librarian and then just kind of like and I said okay what's what's kind of like unfortunate but true about high school students they commit suicide because they're bullied so you incorporate a little bit of that in there and then realize okay there's a sad lonely abandoned dog behind a dumpster in an alleyway and you're like okay I'm not the only one that's like this there's a creature it's not even have to be a human being. It's a creature that's, you know, needs help. And then they meet, you know, find each other happenstance because she's not looking for it. And, and then it just, that's how it ends. She finds purpose. And then it's up to who, whatever the reader feels to how, how it's going to react when she goes home and all this other stuff. Cause her home life isn't much better at school. I feel like, that story, like it's, it's definitely relevant to high school, but especially over the last couple of years, it's relevant to all of civilization, really. You know, people, you know, like it's not it's probably not the same from country to country or even state to state, but uh, a lot of people have been more uh, isolated than ever, probably. And it's difficult to get used to, especially considering how uh, being, you know, only online or only you know, on, on a computer, it's like you can interact with people, but it's not the same. Even this interaction through a Zoom call isn't the same as interacting in person. And humans are very social creatures. And when you when you take that away, uh, it's it's easy for that sort of depression to build to, feel, to like to form, you know. And so I think that's why another reason why stories like that are still important in the, the dark times that we might be in right now, because it it will allow people to say, hey, they can read it and think. You know, like I, this is someone who's kind of like me. They're going through something similar to what I'm going to. They're on their own, isolated, you know, lack of purpose, maybe. That's another thing, you know. Uh, and so I think that's another reason why sometimes you have to have those difficult stories, you know. And 
you know, it's not, if you look at it at its whole, it's not really a sad story. It's, it's a happy story that it ends on a positive note and it ends on, you know, a, a new beginning, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then I have, and then there was another one that was like happy and then it turned out to be sad. I know you liked that one too. It was the, 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 the couple who found out about, uh, one of them got sick and was oh, dying. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, that's also, unfortunately, they, you know, this is a retired couple that, you know, just decided to live by a lake all year round, start life, you know, after working. And then this is what happens. So it's like, that's, mm-hmm. that's everyday life too, unfortunately. Yeah. It all comes back to not everything is frolicking through sunflowers <laughs> yeah. or daisies. Unfortunately, that's just how that's how I look at it when I'm writing some stories. Because I'm like, I can't make everything so happy and gushy because it's yeah. not. You can have bits and pieces, but I don't. I feel like you lose touch with the reader too because they're like, okay, this could be a cliche. I would add too that some of the readers, like some of the people that go through those difficult situations, want to find a story that they can relate to in that way as well. So they can. It allows them to kind of like. Like for me, sometimes when I'll read a, a story or a book that's that might be dark or sad or depressing in some way, and you know, when, especially when I'm in that kind of mindset, it allows like it, you can kind of see your thoughts organized in a way. You can kind of see um, an explanation of what you might be going through. It might be somewhat different from what you're going through. It's not like exact one to one, but you can you can still have that relation to it, and that's a it's a very personal thing, and I, I think to completely cut that off would be pretty bad not that anyone's really calling for that but I, I know i think there is a sentiment of you know we need more 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 happy stuff more leprechauns <laughs> well also like running back to your uh, law and order example you know your dad said he gets you know would get mad if the defendant would win so he's pissed off but then he's still going to tune in to next week episode and watch and see yeah. if the good person wins so if you could i i feel like Mm. it keeps the reader in like this sense the reader interested to see okay is this story going to be sad again or is it going to be happy because if you're going to do sad 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 or like that's it i feel like that you're going to lose touch with some of your writers and just have like your or sorry excuse me readers and then you're just going to have like one set of people who are just you know sad all the time and they'll read those but it you're kind of losing touch with everybody else yeah, you definitely need that kind of um that mix you know that uh variety i suppose but I, you know some of my i think i've got a pretty good variety i've got i would say i have mostly positive stories or mostly positive books i guess but some of the stuff i'm working on now is <laughs> kind of a turn in the other direction so we'll see how that goes but, uh, any more thoughts on that? We are uh, getting close to the end of our time slot. Um, I guess one last question is using and how is it? How hard is it for you to write an ending? Like, do you have to flesh it out, or do you just go with the flow? Like, if you're cranking out like twenty pages and you're close to being done, that's it, and then you rework it later. Um, so I, I generally, when I'm writing an ending. I usually know how I want it to go. And then I just, it's kind of like how you described your, your method where I, just, I have an idea of what I want. I work my way towards it. And then 
then I'll just, you know, I'll just write it all out, you know, and I'll basically I'll take whatever I had in mind and kind of attach it to the, the branches that have led there. You know, I'll change things if I need to, and then just kind of fit them together. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that does. Yeah. It's kind of like drawing your map, yeah. you know, thing. Like I, like I said was, before. There's only one time I ever had to completely rewrite an ending because the ending just, it was, it was a bad, uh, it was poor um, writing, I guess, or poor, uh, I forget how to describe it. It was an ending that just, it was not real. I feel like it was kind of, uh, it just wasn't good. So I, I completely threw it out and, you know, I had to restructure it a bit, rewrite it a bit, but um Usually I have, um, I just kind of follow that method though, just work towards it. And then, then I build it based off of what I've gotten so far. Uh, yeah, I kind of, I know, like I said before, with my ending, I have a clear cut, like how I wanted to like the last couple sentences to be a, like the feel to say, but then up to that point, which is kind of, I realized kind of, bad in a way too because you're like okay now i have to really focus in on how these last this last scene has to fit in with like the build up to it so you could rewrite rewrite that build up like seven different times to make yeah. it fit so you have to really be i guess flexible in a way and i haven't gotten to that point yet obviously because i've only written six pages maybe yeah <laughs> i have a yeah. long way to go <laughs> yeah that, that build up is my my second book that that build up failed to really reach the ending that I had been writing. So rather than rewrite the buildup, I just rewrote the ending. And I think it was better altogether for that because the ending, the ending and then the buildup that it required was definitely inferior to what I had produced up until that point. So that was also like a tip that one of my editors had given me. So whoever that editor is, I can't remember their name, but they probably saved that book. <laughs> Too bad we couldn't give him a shout out, but <laughs> I, yeah, I, it was back in 2018, I want to say maybe 2019. So it was, it was a little while ago, back when I could afford to hire editors. <laughs> but living at home was easy back then. Well, that's very fair. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, times have changed. Now I am my own editor, which probably not best idea you should always have multiple people doing your editing and i appreciate it but i don't practice it <laughs> and that's also a uh what's the word that we talked about that in like our first or second episode too mm -hmm. that's a yeah, callback that's, that's what it is callback yeah. to a different episode <laughs> yeah call back to all of our viewers from that episode whichever <laughs> one it was um yeah that's uh that's actually why i want to Put more stuff online like actually I, I just put a short story on my uh on my website and it's it's I don't know, it's not like a, a typical short story it's just more of a i just it's just a conversation like a really short conversation it's only 1100 words but it's kind of um, i'm trying to flesh out an idea for a new book and i'm gonna basically do that and then kind of throw that to my website to see you know how that goes see what anyone reads it i don't <laughs> i think the okay my when i look at statistics from my website it'll show like you know a certain amount of uh visits 
but I always think it's just me checking it out just to see how it looks, you know, because I, I like to go on it sometimes and just see how it is from uh, the, a regular person's perspective outside of my website builder, you know. So thing. does your website builder have, an, like Wix has its own app to like tell you that without having to visit how many times, like how many, like it shows you the analytics of it. Yeah. So you don't have to go in and look every single time, like if someone's read it. Oh. So it will t- and plus, it wicks the the app tells me anytime goes anybody visits my website. Oh yeah, I don't get a, a notification when people visit it. It's just when I go to the the website uh, builder, I um, okay. it'll show those statistics. Okay. Uh, but I mean, it's it's a, the website is another thing I need to market more, probably almost as much as any book because if you know, obviously I want people to read short stories. I got to show them where they can read it at. So. Well, yeah, because that this is news to me. I didn't know you wrote wrote a short story and put it on your website. <laughs> I thought I told you yesterday. No, no, maybe not. All right, I, I just uh, I just did it. It was it's it's actually technically it went live on my website. Well, today, but today's October first. It's probably going to be like late October when this website when this uh, video gets out. But um, yeah, it, it just went live on October first. So okay, at the time of recording. Basically. <laughs> so if you want to check it out, uh, I'll link it in the description down below. I'll also link uh, Rue, your short story that we referenced earlier. Uh, give them both a look and then uh, say what you like about it. Say what you think could use improvement. Destructive criticism look- is always welcome here. And then be on the lookout. I'm probably going to post or publish my uh, prologue and I'll put that in the comments or in this episode too especially because it it's that was a very heavy topic today yeah that we oh, discussed yeah. on which was good yeah true that and so <laughs> appreciate you listening or watching whatever yeah. you are doing or both you know hopefully you're listening and watching i mean if you're just watching with the audio muted that's it's different that's different. I but, was referencing know. the Spotify account, but we could we could go that route too. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, if you're if you're watching on YouTube and not listening, is what I meant. Like you're just oh. watching the, the video portion. That would be different. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a view, so I, I I'm all for it, but that would be different. True. True. Well, uh, on that note, I guess it's time to close up shop. Um. Yeah. Uh. Thanks. Yeah, like you said, thanks for watching, listening, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, check the links in the description for those uh, stories. Also, follow us on the Twitter. Look at us. Look us up on uh, the YouTube. My sister's calling me for some reason. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, uh, check us out next time. We are dropping videos every Friday, uh, 4.30 p.m., I think. Subject to change, but, you know, should be every Friday. Um, yeah, that's all I got. You got one thing to add? Anything? No, I was good. The, the link for our new Twitter will be in the description as well because I might have butchered the, the Twitter handle at the beginning of the episode. Hey, it's all right. We'll uh, we'll we'll put it in there. It'll make it nice and easy. And uh, yeah, thank you for watching. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time on the internet. Goodbye.